You're listening to Escaping the Rat Race. I'm your host, Amy Leo, a singer, songwriter, and mental health educator. And our show is all about questioning the status quo and pushing the boundaries into what's possible for human beings and not probable. So tune in and get ready to escape the rat race, not only the monotonous nine to five work grind, but also that incessant internal mental chatter that prevents most of us humans from experiencing more joy, peace, clarity, and freedom. On today's call, we're speaking with Issa and Karan of Flame of the Forest. It is a safari lodge in India, and what they share is their story with what it took to build a luxury safari lodge in the middle of the jungle. And there's also a lot of romance in there. There's also a lot of great nuggets of wisdom that they both shared with us. So you definitely want to stay tuned for an entertaining, inspiring, and also reaffirming podcast. It has been one of my absolute favorite interviews to date. So get ready to get inspired. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. My name is Amy Leo, and I'm very excited for our guest speakers that we have on today. I actually met them in India uh, quite a few years ago now, actually. Time is flying by. They have a beautiful, beautiful uh, safari lodge in India, and they do amazing work, so I had to bring them on the show. And plus, we are, as a group with Revive Your Sanity, going to visit them. So I thought it was perfect. So today I have on the line Karan and Issa from Flame of the Forest, and I'm going to just be quiet and let you guys share your story. If you could maybe paint a picture for the listeners of Flame of the Forest, what is it like when someone visits there? And then we'll kind of backtrack and get into the dirty details of how it came to exist in the first place. Hi, Amy. We are very glad to be with you. We are sitting in Goa right now and are super excited. Hi, guys. It's, it's a pleasure to be online with you guys and to share a journey that we, we lived through and to, to, to let you know what we could manage to create in the wilderness which was a dream years ago and luckily realized that yes, do, dreams do come true if you can, you know, follow it with all your heart and soul. So, Flame of the Forest is a small safari lodge and then we chose the name. We wanted to be a flame for the forest and the people associated with the forest. So we are located in the heart of India. Um, Next, our Inan Wildlife Reserve in the National Park, the Kana National Park. We have four rooms, so we are very small because we wanted to, we chose it as a lifestyle. To live in nature is a great, great luxury to us. And we also wanted to, um, because it's such a luxury, it comes with a responsibility to give back to the community and back to nature. That's why we kept it small. And simple. We are, if you don't know where we are, you won't find us. You need a link or a phone call, or we are quite hidden, tucked into, into yeah, nature's nest. Be, not being a corporate house or anything like that, it's basically my wife and I, we love to live this life and to make this possible and sustainable and helpful to people around us, it's, it's small. Obviously, you can see our website, which is flameoftheforest.in, which gives you all the details. 
but it's it's also about finding a journey which was initially looking super difficult but with all odds eventually now it's about 8 9 years since we are operational getting slowly comfortable and the best sign obviously was is the fact that we have a lot of guests to come back mm. which which gives you a lot more confidence and a surety of the fact that what you're doing must be right because otherwise why would they come back there's so many places in the world to go and to see a lot of people have this dream to see a tiger in the wild which luckily kana has a very healthy population of these cats and a very good ecosystem well preserved one of the largest in india so it always helps and the diversity besides tigers is also huge it's i mean it's more than 300 species of birds it's a moist to mixed deciduous forest so gives that much more home to different variety of flora and fauna i am a repeat customer <laughs> myself yes, i'm, I'm going that. to be and it's it's so hard to even put into words you know what isa and karan are describing of being in nature and i remember being shocked the first night um that there were so many stars in the sky because i felt i'd been robbed my whole life cuz i've never seen <laughs> you know it's, it's such an amazing experience to get out of the everyday routine and a lot of the listeners are coming from living in big cities and things like that and to just be with other human beings and to be with nature and to have fresh food and you know eat at his yoga sessions and then there's the safaris every day it really doesn't guarantee because there's no way to guarantee that someone's going to have an insight or experience more peace but you know what it really makes it pretty <laughs> it really sets the stage for success with that yeah. <laughs> people are going to walk very true yeah that they're going to walk away with just a a closer feeling to nature a more peaceful feeling and then maybe even their own kind of aha moments to bring back into their their everyday life. Uh I'd love to get into, you know, playing a little uh hmm devil's advocate's not quite the word because it's a really beautiful story, but I'd love if you could both share how you met and then, you know, how again you actually took steps to make this maybe a conversation that you two were having to an actual reality in creating the four bungalows. Um I'm from Switzerland and I keep coming to india since about 14 years and i wanted to do something useful with my time spent in india so i started a yoga teacher training course in bombay at one of the oldest organized institutes which you find worldwide so i was there during monsoon times now about 8 years ago that is and um Karan's mom is going to that institute every day since about probably 35 years so Karan has been a bit of a wild child still is a wild child and his <laughs> yeah and his mom thought a bit of yoga might do good to him so she sent him to the yoga to the same yoga institute and we happened to be in the same well, the house. idea the idea was to do yoga but then i met her so i got super distracted <laughs> and it happened he made me he made me bunk class all the time and then he started to tell me about birds and and things and to me i loved the birds but every bird kind of was a bird 
So he has to make a lot of effort to make me understand that there are so many different kinds of gods. Which I yet have to make. Which he yet has to make. <laughs> so he finally told me to come and see uh, another national park where he was working in Bandavgar that was. And he was working in a very, very beautiful lodge and the manager was extremely kind to give us one of their suites for two weeks. I got really spoiled from bottom to top. So the manager saved the day. Yeah, the manager saved the day. <laughs> yes. we, we gave her a rosy picture and then we yeah. put her to work. <laughs> yeah. I thought this is really an amazing lifestyle to do something like this, to live with nature and to share this experience with especially people coming from the city who are just used to good internet speed and a cat next door and all the things you feel you need to have and actually don't need to have. Mm. So we thought we'd give it a try and make this dream come true. Take the jump. Take the jump and uh, managed to buy a bit of land. We first got married, of course, because in India it's quite difficult to live together without being married. Mm -hmm. And obviously for my parents, that wasn't the easiest thing to imagine their daughter running off to the Indian jungle. thinking. Of they already baby. thought India was mad enough. Yeah. And then they said, why? Even if India, they first said 200 and odd countries in the world. And if so many, then why India? And if India, then why why all the way to the jungles of India? And imagining making a beautiful lodge, luxurious and attracting people from all over the world to come to the jungle. I mean, who does that? <laughs> and then getting married. Till, till they came first. Yeah, till they came first. So, and then getting married somewhere in the jungle. But then, yes, so we did it. And to make it worse, we, we got the land and... Then there was this big crash in the stock market and we literally, in India, and we literally lost all the money we had. So we stood there with probably, was it $2,000? Something like $2,000 in the bank and a piece of land with nothing on it. With nothing yeah. on it. <laughs> and we're looking at each other thinking, that's a good start. That's a good start. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we started. So, and then it, it, it was, I don't know, I think... Obviously, I have to give Isa the credit for the fact that she came from a four-bedroom apartment which she lived by herself for years before she came to the jungles. Started this venture with me where we no lived with no electricity, no running water, no tap water for probably six months in a tiny little space which we shared one bed, a tiny little wardrobe. And, and all, kind of, and all kind of creepy crawlies you can imagine. It's the heart of Indian wilderness. Yeah, so so I, I surely give it hats, give hats off to what, what she could give up in Switzerland and come to India and do this. And then to get things going, I mean, to start with $2,000 and to make a project, which is huge. I mean, you're looking at, you know, a four-room luxury boutique lodge. Initially, we thought, shall we, shall we not? Obviously, a lot of back and forth on that and then eventually said, okay, you know what, let's take every day as it comes. Mm. What we really had was a lot of faith in what we want to do. And somehow one thing led to the other and friends, family, all everyone helped us time and again 
when we needed it to make it all come true. I really appreciate how realistic your story is, you know, how it wasn't this, you know, from the beginning, it wasn't this golden spoon vision idea. Well, it was, but then it was real life challenges. And there's something when I'm talking to newer business owners and, you know, they have the five-year plan and the 10-year plan and the greater vision. But I love what you said about taking every day as it comes, because the truth is all you have is the present moment and deciding what am I going to do with this moment right now with $2,000 in the bank? How can we create something from this? And that yeah. your, your instincts led you, you know, and the community that you had led you along your journey and, and assisted you and probably showed up often. I find in my own journey, certain things or certain opportunities for income come at like just, just the right time that it's, it's like, oh, thank yeah, you. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, obviously, obviously there are lots of challenges while you, while you go through the, through the path, yeah. which is, which is with anything you do in life, I guess. But if you keep the vision in mind and stick to the vision, then you can somehow overcome the obstacles. And, and try to listen to the lady. <laughs> Good piece of advice. Don't, don't, don't put that online. <laughs> well, you know, I was really struck. I'm here um, in Finland right now, and I actually felt fell in love with, I think, my soulmate. And it was similar to what you were both sharing. That it's just really simple. Like, yes, you know, <laughs> like let's let's do this. And and he was reading uh, a Finnish magazine, and it was talking about this American gal that at the age of 33, she retired. She was a lawyer and she had like, you know, this amount of money in the bank. And then they asked uh, readers up on a poll, would you travel, would you quit your job and travel around the world? Question mark. And the first answer was yes, only if I had enough money. The second was yes, even if I didn't have the money. And then the third answer was no. And I could not believe that only 4% of people that responded to that poll said yes, even if I didn't have the money. You know, 72% answered the first thing, which was only if I have enough money. And I think that's such a, a trap that we get into because life is passing us by all of the time. And what is enough money anyway? It's been my experience in being human that as soon as you reach a goal, your mind is busy on like, okay, well, I made 50,000 this year. Well, maybe I'll feel better when I make 75,000. And, and I know people that have a million dollars in the bank. And when it went underneath that, they freaked out, you know, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, such, absolutely. it's and, and like you say, I mean, I mean, what is enough? I mean, it's at the end of the day, if, if you have a lot of money in your bank and you can't enjoy that money, what's the point? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's also chasing the, the same, I mean, it's this famous story of the fisherman and the boat and the boy fishing, where you have this kid who's fishing at a place where a you know, big businessman goes to him and says, why are you fishing with a rod? Why don't you get a bigger, bigger system which can get you more fish and keep multiplying? And eventually the story leads to the fact that the guy asks, what do you keep doing after you keep making that much money? He says, well, if once you become a millionaire, you can go fishing. He said, that's exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's also finding a lifestyle in, and enjoying what you do is the most important. 
Yeah. Rather than doing it just because you have to do it and because a lot of people say I don't have a choice, but I don't agree. I the choice is always with you. Yeah, I definitely also have seen that there is absolutely choice. And there's this beautiful piece that you're pointing to about inspiration coming from the joy. And I speak with a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of, you know, aspiring creatives like singer songwriters. And it's great that there's a lot of information out there. You know, there's lots of books, there's lots of teachers with, well, you can make a million dollars with your online launch. And for some people, that's the right thing. But it misses out on the piece of if you're not enjoying that system, you know, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what is the yeah. point? And, and What's the point? It has, to, it has to be a driving factor. Yes, exactly. And that's and, you, know, and you asked earlier that what is a day like in the lodge? I mean, to be honest, it might seem that, oh, it's a lodge and everything must be the same every day. Every day we get up in the morning and every day seems to work out differently because there's a different set of guests in the lodge. There's a different, you know, requirement to each guest. So different weather, different, weather, different you know, Yes, the only common thing is they all want to see tigers. <laughs> but otherwise, you're trying to cater to the fact that every person is unique and they all have their different needs. So you try and deliver that. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. I love that. It's not easy, but it's not impossible. And that's so true. I'm just struck with such a sense of, of urgency when building businesses and, and stepping into that unknown. I work with a lot of clients in one of my other jobs that are over 65. And, and I've shared this on the radio before, but, but so many times I, you know, they've worked 30 or 40 years. They, they thought, well, I'm going to retire. And then me and my husband are going to go traveling the world. Well, I can't tell you how often that does not happen, that the spouse gets sick that there's an injury, that there's something that prevent that prevents it. So I, I really urge listeners to just listen with an open heart and an open mind. And and you're also, you know, listening to the story of people who really have created from the vision a, a, a sustainable uh, lifestyle and sustainable business. And, you know, there's this piece, Issa, you said a little while ago that keeps mulling around in my head. So I want to go back to it. And I wonder if if you could say a little bit more about your experience coming from living in Switzerland and, and realizing for yourself that, you know what, I actually really don't need the big house or the, the cozy, secure, quote unquote, job, you know, finding out for yourself that you, you, you actually don't need that and that that's cultural misunderstanding. Well, honestly, I can't really say that I have this understanding. For me, I, I live for love. Love is, is the center of my being. You can have a hell of a lot of money if you don't have love and you don't have anything. And I used to work as a nurse in a hospital on a surgery unit for cancer patients. And I've seen a lot of people dying, regretting things they have not done. So I thought if I make this step, and it doesn't work out. I can go back to what I know and what I have. But if I don't make this step, if I cannot trust my intuition that this is a good thing, if I cannot trust the vision, then I'll be, I don't know if I'm lucky, 70 years old, dying in a hospital thinking I should have done that. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be able to, to live that dream and give it a fair chance. What was 
interesting a very very life-changing experience is if you land up I was 30 then I shifted to the jungles and you know we all are made like a little mosaic of a lot of things the way we dress is part of our personality the food we eat the music we listen to the friends we have all of that makes who we are now if you land up in the jungle you realize all the clothes you have they don't fit anymore um, music is not there the food is entirely different the language you don't understand the culture you don't understand the only thing which is left there is the one partner you tried to make this vision come true but if you if you meet with such a challenging situation you realize there's a lot of struggle in there too so basically everything that made me being me was taken away from me and what is left then who am i really if all of this is not available to me anymore and that was an experience i still can't really answer what was left but the experience which came or which helped me to survive is that inner space where you stop thinking where all the thoughts become quiet and you answer the universe what the hell am i doing here or why am i do why, why am i here and i always got the answer right man right place just you have to be patient and I listened to that voice and it led me through all the difficult uh, difficult situations and looking back I'm so thankful I did that but it was extremely it was a life-changing experience to really trust your intuition and and stick to it forget all the insurances which in Switzerland I mean you don't you don't buy well, you buy a cracker without an insurance, but it's like everything has some kind of an insurance. Mm -hmm. And to leave all that behind and go to the jungle and just say, my insurance is my inner voice. And I trust that and that's it. And it works. It actually works. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Oh, that's really beautiful. I'm so glad I invited you both to the call. This is fantastic. I love what I'm doing with this podcast. <laughs> so with that, let's see, where, where, can we, where can we shift to now? I think you've kind of just maybe touched upon it, Isa. I think you have. But um, if you each could maybe share, you know, what is the biggest lesson that you've learned um, maybe what's the biggest lesson you've learned in building a successful business? I think what I would say is, because I mean, to be honest, you know, Amy, that, I mean, we don't come from the background of running a hotel or a lodge. I mean, I've been started as a mountaineer in the Indian Himalayas, came in to start uh, learning about the flora and fauna, and basically I've been a guide all my life taking people on safaris or walks and hikes, looking for wildlife and exploring nature to the best possible and integrating it to them. And whereas Isa has obviously been a nurse in Switzerland for a long time. So the biggest learning, I think, to have come together and to do this was obviously the fact that, you know, we can be ambitious and we can have a dream. 
but at the same time if i am going to be super selfish about only my dream and what i want or what isa and me want together and not bother about the people who are making this dream come true by which i mean the people the team so i think it's very important learning that which which i received was that i could try to see every team member or rather i would i would try to evaluate every member of the team that what is his ambition what is his growth prospects so that what we do we do together and we grow together so we as a lodge grow but also the people of the lodge besides isa and me should grow with us and if you work together and you think for others in your scheme of things the energy that you gather becomes that much more so if you have 10 people you're you're talking now 10 folds the energy and that's what for me i mean it's not easy of course because everyone has a different way of thinking a different approach to how to achieve those goals but that's why you come on a common platform you try and sit together figure it out have honest conversations and you know real conversations and try to fix say we can do this now we can try and do this maybe 2 years down the line or 5 years down the line so that it's not selfish there of course we are looking at growing for ourselves but you keep the other in consideration this is for me one of the biggest learnings and also the fact that i was never in assist because before we started the laws i i worked for other other companies i never found that space where i could be with a boss of mine who would try to talk about even my growth so that i knew then that okay i can stick around with this company and things will happen it might again like isa said earlier patience plays a big role for all of us for everything so if if i could be patient and i would i get a future or a growth prospect in the company so this is how i feel learning is been tremendous and then also now we whenever we speak to any new employee or you know member of staff or anyone we try to understand more of them and where they see themselves in time and if we can achieve that together i think for me my biggest learning is on the similar lines i guess we all have a skill for some of us it's an acquired skill the skill we learned for some of us it's a talent we have and in the world i come from a skill needs a certificate and if you have a certificate you are enabled to put that skill into action and i feel that's very limiting in the jungle every body has some skill which they can they can work with they can put into in into action and if you start with one little thing you realize wow i'm good in that that gives you a feeling of achievement which then sets energy free to say well i can do another thing as well i can do cooking as well as gardening and i can actually make a living out of a skill without having anybody else telling me that you need a certificate to do that i think that's a limiting approach from uh, our our western world and that also led to me walking with local women 
teaching them the skills so they can live in the financially independent in, in the near future. So be it a talent of singing or a talent of cooking or a talent of building a house or a garden, we all have skills to make a living. And that's a, a huge, that was the biggest learning for me. I'm really glad that you brought up the work that you do with uh, the women, Issa. Can you actually share with folks um, where they can find out more information about that? Actually, Issa and that community of women, they make beautiful um, bags and, and crafts and things like that. I actually have, I still have my bag <laughs> that, that I got a few years ago. So can you share where, where folks can find out? Yes, um, we have a website called um, www.hati.ch. It's H-A-T-H-I. Hati means um, elephant in Hindi. And in wild elephants, the woman is the leader. So it's a, yeah, it's a matriarchal system. And that's why we chose the name of the power of women to the power to compare it with the power of an elephant and empower women to learn a skill to be independent and to have the choice to say yes or no to whatever they want to have. Yeah, I think that's huge. Huge. Hmm. Wow, where can we go now? Let's see. Well, I think maybe I'll ask a, a less concrete question, maybe, <laughs> if, that, if that's even so. Um, we're, we're winding down with time, but I'd love if you could both share for yourself, uh, what do you believe to be true about being human and about the human spirit? Being true about the human spirit? Yeah. Ooh. That's a vast question. Well, hmm. give me a moment to think about it. Sure. I think if I had to say something to be true is somewhere deep within us. I, I, I mean, this is also connected to the fact that how Flame of the Forest came to be. For me, I think we all have an inner voice, which is a very true voice and a very pure voice. Obviously, we are, you know, distracted or, you know, busy and looking at so many different things happening around us. So that, that voice gets suppressed very easily and very often. But if you could listen to the core of yourself, I think that is a very, because that, that will never lead you to something which is not meant to be and which is not right. Yeah. I guess if I, if I can add, I believe um, we humans are all made of, of energy. This energy provides us a flow in life and directs us of where we are heading, where we want to go. And we truly are the masters of this energy and we truly always have a choice of where we would want this energy to lead us. Do we want it to be dark or light? Make the choice and follow the light. Do we want it to be heavy or fluid? Well, if you want it heavy, then take it heavy. If you want it fluid, then make it fluid. Mm -hmm. And one thing, one sentence which is with me through all, throughout this journey, 
a single person can have a dream and a few persons together can make a dream come true. So I think for humans, this is what it is. You have to gather similar, a similar tribe, a similar energy, and you can make whatever you want, you can make it happen. Because also, if you look at any, if you look at nature, nothing in nature can live in isolation. Mm. So whether it's, you know, the flora or the fauna or whether it's us humans, we all need to be associated with some things or the other or some people or the other. A lot of times we think, we think that we can be by ourselves and we don't care, but honestly, it's not true. It's not possible. Yeah. That's that I definitely have seen that that's true in my own life. And I really appreciate the non-judgment that you're both bringing to this call. Uh, I really just appreciate, again, just sharing from this authenticity and from what we would call it, your, your inner, your inner voices. Um, I've really, really enjoyed this. Um, and just to kind of put, I guess, a bow, a bow tie on this or a bow, um, you know, everything that we've been talking about today it's not that we've been saying there's anything wrong with money or there's anything wrong with luxury. You know, we're, that, that's, that would be a misunderstanding. So I just want to make that really clear for listeners. Again, what we've been pointing at is that exactly what <laughs> that uh, Karen, Karen uh, my English pronunciation, you should see in Finland me trying to pronounce Finnish names. It's terrible. <laughs> Karen and Isma <laughs> have been pointing at you know, again, this inner voice, this inner wisdom that's available. And I think that they've been really real on this call that just because you're listening to your inner voice doesn't mean it's going to be roses and rainbows, that you're going to have real life challenges. But you're honest, if I could interrupt you, yeah, I mean, yeah. honest, the, the, the more you listen to your inner voice, it probably makes you take the tougher path. Yeah. That it eventually leads to eventually leads you to happiness. a lot of yeah. freedom and happiness, like he says. Yeah. So it's obvious the journey is never going to be easy. It's just you have to be conditioned and prepared, yeah. and or or you want to have you want you should be wanting to have that vision that much more. Yeah. We all need money and we all need luxury. I mean, for for the women in the jungle, what all I have is a huge, tremendous luxury. For them to have a toilet is is a luxury. So it's nothing being wrong if fulfilling your your basic needs. It's knowing what is your need and fulfilling these needs, whatever it might be. Whatever it might be. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I've seen time and time again, the more that I'm in the world and traveling, and I, I don't think I'm enlightened by any means so that I know it all, because I definitely don't. By the contrary, the older I get, the more I realize I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah, we're all sailing the same boat, I think. Yeah, but there's something again about when you are in life, you know, we have a great imagination and this great creative capacity for thought and innovation, but sometimes, you know, that predicts things in worst case scenarios that make it actually worse than what it is when we're in the moment. And that when we are presented with those challenges, that we absolutely have the ability to look in and have new thought and new insight and have, again, that reassurance that Issa was saying, you know, when she would kind of reflect, okay, well, it's the right man, it's the right place. Okay, I'm just going to follow that. And that, that really is available all the time.
And having yeah. a community of people is absolutely, absolutely uh, helpful for that as well. Because we all, we all get into our, our low moods and doubting and, and that's just part of being human and there's nothing wrong there either. Nothing wrong yeah. with any of it. Great. Well, I, again, I've enjoyed this so much. Uh, I, I like to ask this question at the end. Uh, if there is one thing that you would want listeners to take home from this call in like, I don't know, 60 seconds or something, uh, what would it be the one major take home that if someone listening didn't hear anything else, but they just heard this and got this point, what would that be? Um, I guess it would be to follow your vision and make your vision as clear as possible so a lot of people can understand and relate to your vision and then together you can make it through. Yeah, simple, beautiful. And believe in, believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you. So uh, much. Thank you. Again, thank you. you can find more information about Flame of the Forest at flameoftheforest.in. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I will talk to you both soon. Have a wonderful day. Thank, thank you. you. Same, Same to you. Bye-bye. That truly was one of my favorite episodes to date. I also wanted to let you know we are switching up the format of our podcast a little bit here. Usually we end with a take-home, and we're not going to be doing that anymore. Instead, we're going to be keeping more in line with our mission of questioning the status quo and supporting folks to seeing more possibilities in their own lives. So we're going to be sharing what we're calling Amy's Real Stories at the end of every podcast. Today's story is that of Diana Nyad. She actually attempted to swim from Cuba to Florida several times. And on her fifth attempt at the age of 64, she became the first person to swim from Cuba to Florida without the aid of a shark cage. So that certainly challenges the status quo that our age is linked to our physical ability to do things. Thank you so much for listening and keep rocking.